This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 256, 57, 56, something like that. And this uh, episode just so happens to be a creator corner. Now, the creator that I cornered on this episode is none other than Andrew Clemson, another scout golden boy. Um, I talked to Brian Silverbacks a few episodes back, and, you know, he mentioned the crossover with Loggerhead and Starbastard, and here we are. I bring on Andrew Clemson to talk Starbastard. That was just a, a hell of a dude. I had a blast talking to him. We were up late talking, and, yeah, was <laughs> good stuff, man, good stuff. So I look forward to you diving right into that but first i gotta tell you all about hooked on comics hooked on comics bought brought to me by nsclivetv.com to bring to you ah, hooked on comics if you're looking for the ultimate place to get your books without having to go into a store and have to cover your face and all of that bullshit then check out hooked on comics because they sell their books online whether it's through an auction style type of system or it's a buy it now type of system hooked on comics has you covered their shows throughout the week are spectacular they have five dollar bin or buy it now sales all throughout the week um and then uh, they have their auctions their auctions on saturdays saturdays at 7 p.m eastern time and that's that's where you're going to get your keys and your your silver ages and your slabs and all of that goodness so um beyond all that their tuesday show their tuesday at 5 eastern yeah these guys have no shortage of content and uh books to 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 lay upon you so <laughs> There you go. There you go. Hooked on Comics is the place. Tuesdays and Saturdays are the main shows at 5 and 7 Eastern Time. Now you find them on NSCLiveTV.com, channel 3. Or you like the Hooked on Comics Facebook page. Or you just go ahead and join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. And you know I'm sharing out their feeds in there. So plenty of ways to find them. Uh, plenty of opportunities throughout the week. So there you go. Hooked on Comics, man. Now let's uh, let's dive dive right in to the the man that brought us uh star bastard another hit amazing uh series from uh scout i had a blast talking to him here he is andrew clemson how are you sir 
I'm good. All things considering, yeah, I'm getting by, surviving. I think that's all we can hope for in 2020. But yeah, generally yeah, quite good. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, well, the end of the day where you're at right now, it's the, well, just a few hours past the crack of dawn here in Denver. Uh, where are you, where are you coming from right now? I'm, I'm in uh, Dubai, in the UAE. So uh, we're, it's about nine o'clock. So we're in the, we're in the future, I think, as far as you guys are concerned. Oh, man, <laughs> can you tricky. tell us what happens? What, what, can you tell us? What, 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 I don't what think do we you have know to look for this day. Okay. All right. You're right. I don't, I don't. Um, I'm happy to have you on, man. It's crazy times right now. And this is a good time to just not talk about crazy times, talk about yeah. crazy comics, man. I, uh, uh, I was introduced to you by Silverbacks, man. Brian Silverbacks. Uh, is, yeah. He's, he's the shit. Yeah. And, uh, he, he said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. You got to check this guy out. And here we are. Um, I'm yeah. so pumped to do this, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you have me on. Uh, it's always good to chat to people. Uh, about uh, what's going on well especially when there's no conventions or anything to go i mean you're in india so there's uh probably not a whole lot of conventions anyways we we have one here um we're well, not now uh we had it yeah. uh weirdly enough we had it in i think we had it in march um ah. and we were we've we're a bit better um in terms of the pandemic and everything uh it's we've got it and everything but it hit later and not as hard because the government here was kind of uh sort of proactive instead of reactive Better. so we we've only you know we've had about 400 deaths i think um and just hit i think total like a hundred thousand cases but there's only like two thousand active ones so we're doing good um wow but the last convention was in march we get one a year um and it was a bit of a uh, <laughs> bit of a non-event bit of an anti-climax uh. as you can expect but um yeah this is this is fantastic and it's actually you know, I, I generally get to do uh, one, maybe two international conventions a year if I'm lucky. We have to sort of plan our family holidays around where there's going to be a cool convention. Um, so I generally get to do London in May. Um, nice. And, you know, if we're lucky, we get to go to one in the States. But this year, no. so we're doing Zoom, you know, virtual conventions. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it helps to have that outlet to, to talk to other creators and people in yeah. the industry and things like that. Because, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't imagine not having the ability to talk to my peers. Uh, and just, I don't know, especially when you, with, with the, the, the level of creativity that you guys produce. I mean, it, ugh. I'm it's, grateful I mean, for technology. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, really, because here there's not much of a like a scene here for comics mm. um there's a lot of people who read but there's you know there's probably you know other than myself probably maybe two three other people who write or draw or anything like that it's a it's a very small town so everything i tend to to work on is always with people in different countries like the books i do are usually you know four or five different countries on the same book so it's not yeah. changed too much for me on how i work if anything really but it's well, um, it's good because people are getting into that groove of working virtually and communicating virtually. So getting everyone up to the same level. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> um, so uh, before we get into what we've what you've done, we got to know a little bit about your origin story, Andrew Clemson. We got to know where you come from, why comics, who, what, when, all of the good stuff. So let's start with when. At what point were? Uh, well, I mean, when did comics really strike your fancy? Um, so I. Uh, we we <clears throat> sorry in the in the uh, UK I'm from the UK originally um, and we moved out to D 
Dubai, uh, late eighties, early nineties kind of thing. So it was, uh, I've been out here for like 30 odd years, give or take. Okay. Um, but in the UK we have, uh, we have kind of a slightly different sort of comics, um, culture. So we have a lot of like comics that are designed for sort of younger readers. So we have these books called the Beano and the Dandy and Wizard and Chips. And I don't know how many of these are still around because there's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of books that I read in the eighties, but, um, they're, they're very kid friendly comics. Dennis the Menace. I think you have an American. Okay. Version, oh Dennis yeah. Very much. Den oh yeah. Um, but the English one's very different. Um, so th hmm. those books I was always into, um, but then uh, as I got older, I started to read things like uh, Tintin uh, and Asterix. I don't know if you've ever come across those sort of European uh, books. They, they, they ring a bell, but I couldn't put art or story to the name at all. So Tintin, they did, I think Spielberg did like a sort of CG movie of Tintin recently. I say recently, probably 10 years ago or something like that. But, okay. Um, Is that the dog? Asterix. Tintin, it's a... It's a uh, sort of a young guy. He's got a little blonde quiff, and he's got a little dog called Snowy. And he's okay. sort of a bit of a sort of Jimmy Olsen type. You know, he goes around sort of getting in, into scraps and investigating okay. stuff. It's very gotcha. good. It still goes. They still do them. There's loads of them. Um, and then Asterix was like a, I think I think I want to say it's French. It might be Belgian, but it's like a, um, it's called Asterix the Gaul, and they're sort of um, it's set during Roman times, but they're the sort of French, uh, German sort of uh, locals as opposed to the Romans. So um, they're very good books, but uh, moved on from them to Marvel, probably when I was about seven or eight, something like that. Got, got some Spider-Man books and after really? Spider-Man, it was X-Men. And then, you know, it's like the ball picks up speed and you, you just, I had that never ending pool list of X-Men books when they expanded in the nineties. Mm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just kept up. I dropped it a bit uh, sort of mid you know, 2005, maybe something like that sort of waned off a bit, but then all picked up again when the sort of create creator own boom sort of took off and yeah, haven't stopped since. Gotcha. Well, when, when you're reading all these, uh, these, these books, um, is there any point in time where you're thinking, okay, this is what I want to do? Or is, is there a certain creator that just made you want to be creative on your own? Was what, any inspiration come from those early? No, I mean, readings? I was, I was always like a, an artist kid, you know, when I was younger, I was always drawing. Um, so I sort of was reading these books and I started to copy the stuff, you know, as you do. And, mm -hmm got really into it um and and i was convinced you know until until i was probably 17 or 18 that i was going to be like a comic book artist like i was going to be drawing x-men one day and all this and i we actually went to um georgia uh, there's a there's a university there called the savannah college of art and design which is okay. quite famous i think now mm -hmm. um but this, this would have been about 2000 um i actually went there and i was convinced i was going to go there because they have a course in comic books like illustration and creation and stuff um, I'm sure it's more complicated now, but uh, 20 years ago, I looked at going there and I sat in on a lesson, you know, you had this sort of trial day where you could go. And in the end, I just decided, you know, America was a bit too far. You know, it was the first time I've been away from home and stuff. So I went to the UK and I did animation instead. Um, wow. But animation from someone who wanted, who was very into the comic side of things where it's, you know, you'd spend all this time detailing one page or one panel and that kind of stuff. At the time, it was traditional 2D animation I was studying, and it just uh, it just sucked all the joy out of it for me. So I fell sideways yeah. into filmmaking, and uh, and that's that's what I continue to do now. Right on. So you're 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 a filmmaker. Uh, I'm a I'm a DP, so I, I a director of photography, so I uh, shoot content mainly in commercial 
uh, and and sort of uh, corporate environments. Wow. All right. So, uh, what what got you into actually breaking into comics themselves? I mean, so um, I say about 2015, um, a friend of mine from high school over here uh, passed away. And I got, uh, was, you know, a very good friend of mine from when I was a kid. And um, I had one of those things, I think everyone does, you know, someone you knew is a, a good friend of yours dies, you have a bucket list thing and you think, what would I want to do if that was me tomorrow? Okay. Um, and I, I just said, I always want to do a comic. So I, I sat down and I started writing um, and I, I got a few things out. And then ultimately from all that, uh, Starburst had sort of, you know, farted its way into the world and uh, that... <laughs> That took off. We did a couple of Kickstarters, then Scout picked it up, um, and we sort of completed the the, the first volume. Um, and it, and in the midst of that, like I'm sure you're aware, like as you're as you're working on particular comic projects, there's always other ones sort of one or two stages behind. So you have to work in parallel to keep mm -hmm. that speed up and that momentum. Um, so yeah, I, I just sort of uh, I didn't think that one would be the book. But I, I, I was writing these big, complicated, you know, what I thought was my Watchmen, you know, as the first project. <laughs> um, and they just, that was very tiring as a first time writer, you know, trying yeah. to be clever. So I did a little project just to blow off some steam when I was taking a lunch break from one of those. And um, the artists I was talking to really liked it. So I guess it was, uh, everyone was suffering from the same fatigue, I guess. And well, that, one, that one took off. Well, I, I, I gotta say I love Star Bastard. You, you, you sent me uh, the all six PDFs. It turns mm. out I was expecting just the one. What I normally do is when uh, when I know I'm getting ready to talk to a creator, I and they they send me the content. I try to read it as close to the uh, the time I record as possible, so that my enthusiasm runs off into the interview. <laughs> and uh, if I would have known that you were sending me six, I would have woke up a little earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but bravo on the first issue, man. Like, this is right up the alley. Like, this is what I call a Brian book. I feel like this was designed for me. It's It's got what I love in it. And more more than anything, if you can make me laugh in a comic uh, out loud, audibly, then I, you, you win. Like, you, <laughs> you're, you're a pro. This is... Thank you very much. Uh, and damn it, dude. I, it's... Every other page on here, every other panel almost, you're just laying it down, but it's not thick, cheesy jokes either. It's it's subtle things like facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, I can't, things like I, you know, I can't take credit for that because Jethro was kind of, um, he was perfect for that kind of thing. The, the thing I liked about him was how much emotion and comedy he could put into reactions. Because a lot of that is side eyes from the crew and, you know, it's people just, the book is basically just a guy who's a total... You know, I don't know what I can, what language I can use on here, but he's, you can he's, use you know, any language you want. So you've got this this massive sort of uh, space-faring asshole who's just flying around the galaxy, causing everyone's problems, and um, he's just got a crew that has to sort of clean up his mess, and they're just sort of wrapped up in it. So it's it's just someone, someone because he's you know he's invulnerable. It's just he's got no repercussions for his actions. So unfortunately, that's someone else's problem. So all of this was based on. The ability of the artist to sort of pull off the the comedy elements because otherwise it's a pretty if there's no comedy in it you know you'd be worried about someone that was writing this kind of book you know it's not you know it's not a character you want to aspire to so that was that that was thing i always marketed it as a comedy book and um and when uh yeah when jethro agreed to come on board i was i was ecstatic 
he was. The so when you when you only have like eleven people within a thousand miles from you that do comics, how do you find someone like Jethro? At the time, I mean, it's 2015. I found him on DeviantArt, which I think okay. is still going. Oh yes. But, um, it's again. It's a it's a very uh, questionable place. There's some dark corners of that thing. So yes, there uh, is. <laughs> so I I found him, and uh, there was there was about two or three other artists who were who were up for doing it, but um, Jethro's pages just sold it uh, the best for what I wanted Beautiful. to do. And the, the the coloring as well is that someone that he picked up or no? So I found um, Teo Gonzalez uh, was the the colorist on that book, and he I think I found him. I might have found him on DeviantArt as well. I, I remember oh. he did it. He did um, a piece which was like Wolverine, uh, sort of Weapon X Wolverine coming out of the snow. And okay. I just really liked it. There was like a helicopter blowing up in the background and stuff. He's got a really sort of vibrant style. Um, which again worked for that. It's a sci-fi book, you know. It's kind of an eighties oh, yeah. throwback style, so I wanted there to be as much vibrance in it as possible. You know, it's not a not the sort of book that would um, benefit from a sort of gritty, uh, muted color palette. So yeah, Taylor's no. fantastic. No, and I mean, with the uh, all of the different, I mean, you're in space, so you have all of everything to play with as far as imaginative yeah. character designs and skin tones and things like that. Well, that's that. the funny so, thing. It, I mean, it's my first experience writing and, and finishing something. Um, and the amount of times, A, Jethro would write something. He, he was very good at just, if something didn't work, he would just ignore me, do it properly, uh, and I would just have to take my hat off to him because it looked better than I could imagine. Um, but then Teo... Um, you know, like you say, there's these, all these different aliens, and Jeff has done a great job of designing them differently. But Taylor would just throw these crazy colors on them, and it would just add so much more vibrance and life, and uh, it just made everything pop. So, yeah, the the uh, that that first um, I, I forget the 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 title uh, or the the rank of the character, the emperor, or whoever, his oh, yeah. daughter, the <laughs> just the the. the the skin tones and there's a lot of skin. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it really. We toned does. it down. Like I was worried again. The the costumes came back and there was a lot more cleavage. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's just you know we don't want to make it that book, so we'll just uh, you know cover up some of that. And you know whenever there you know there was like you say the emperor the princess in that. Um, there's a scene where she sort of tumbles out, um, you know, without anything on. And he, we made sure to cover her up with a bit of smoke and a, you know panel edges and stuff like that. So uh, to keep it other than language uh, as PG-13 as possible. I know, no, I respect that, too, because, I mean, I don't go into comics for, you know, nudity or sexuality by any means. Um, yeah, that's and, what you got Pornhub for, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's, that's what, yeah. <laughs> so um, with, with the, the, the way you do it, with it, it being subtle, but the, at the same time, that, that still... Uh, it, it, there's a lot of imagination to be had there, and mm -hmm. it, it it still draws the eye of you know the the Vampirella type of readers and things like that. Yeah. But it's it's that's you could clearly tell that that's not what you're going for there. You're not going yeah. for shock value or anything like that. It's all about the 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 laugh. Yeah, you know? I think I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I've obviously written that as a uh, you know English guy. We have a certain sense of humor, and we've got a certain history with with comedy. Um, which is very different from an American sensibility. Um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, shows where they're made in the UK and then they get bought and remade in the States and they just don't work because hmm. the comedy doesn't translate. The, the, the sort of uh, the comedy you get in the UK is very sort of, um, it's generally a bit edgier 
and a bit darker usually. Um, oh yeah, I don't know what it says about us as a as a nation. But, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of that I think reads a lot differently to a UK reader than it would do to an American reader. So I was really happy when it translated over and people were enjoying it because there's also a lot of even the characters accidentally speak with a UK accent. There's a lot of colloquialisms in there. Um, so I had people saying, is this guy supposed to be American? Or is this guy supposed to be English? But, but um, yeah, I, it, it's always supposed to be a sort of lighthearted sort of throwback to those sort of old, you know, action hero stereotypes. Um, he, he's a bit of uh, Captain Kirk with Lobo and Peter Quill and, you know, they're all I, mixed I, together. All the space bastards like put in and, yeah, no, I, I felt thing. it. I mean, you know, maybe even a little Han Solo in there too. Yeah, you know, I, I, I it was everything that I love, all, <laughs> <laughs> all wrapped up in this one douchebag. I, and... I'm really proud of that first issue. Like the first issue of all of them is is the best one. Um, I, I tend to write things as first issues, and then I strike. You know, I really have to work hard to expand on them. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that first one I, I think does stand up. I mean, I, I, after we put it out, we put it out in 2016. And then Guardians 2 came out and I had a bunch of messages from people saying like the intro of Guardians 2 was very similar to issue <laughs> one of Star Bastard. So I like to think that's a nice little, you know, maybe uh, James Gunn had a copy of it somewhere. Hey, man. I mean, why, why, why not? I mean, it's all it, it's all inspiration, right? We're all inspired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and uh, I guess that kind of segues me uh into the next question i mean you, you with you writing comedy and it's uh, being very hard to translate not just into comics but from a whole different genre of comedy across i mean the other end of the freaking planet yeah. um what type of influences did you have comedically so like i say i mean we we got everything that you guys got you know we we all watch american stuff like i'm a, i'm an uh, unapologetic fan of adam sandler um, okay, that's not too popular now. Um, no, I like how, no, I, I like how you said unapologetic. You know, I mean, he's he's you, you can't deny the man. Not his newest stuff, maybe, but you know, the old Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, and you right. know, one of my favorite films is Big Daddy. That's not even one of his oh, best, yes. but I just love everything about that that film. It's just a nice film. But um, other than that, generally, the biggest influences are sort of British comedy shows, um, and I don't know how many of them made it to the states, but things like. Uh, Blackadder. Have you ever heard of that don't one? Know, don't know that one. So Blackadder. Big Adder. fan of IT Crowd. <laughs> IT that's... Crowd, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's got his problems now. I think they've had a few episodes pulled for various reasons, but he, he yeah. did a, a show called uh, Father Ted, which was before that one, which was very good. Um, okay. So Blackadder is Rowan Atkinson, who did Mr. Bean and oh, things yeah. like that. Okay. And it's got basically every British comedy actor of the time. Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, who did House you know, who was mm-hmm. a comedy actor at the time. Um, and Rick Mayle, who is like the, the god of British comedy, um, unfortunately longer, no longer with us. But it, he, he basically plays this horrible bastard throughout history. So Blackadder is this sort of sniveling character who's always scheming to sort of, you know, better his position in society. So the first season is like medieval England. Um, and gotcha. then it goes to the second season... I think the second one is Edwardian or Georgian, but you know, it skips head, you know, a few, uh, a few hundred years each time. And okay. uh, by the fourth season, he's in the trenches in world war one. Um, but he's always playing the same sniveling, you know, conniving character. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's very, very dry um, British humor. I, I can't recommend it enough. 
Uh, if you, if, uh, you can get most of it on YouTube, I think, now. Um, well, there's that. And then uh, there was a show called The Young Ones. Have you ever heard of that one? Can't see. They're so English, these shows. So The Young Ones was Rick Mayle. Um, and they're, they're kind of an Ada Edmondson, uh, who's another, you know, comedy legend in the UK. But they play, it was very, it was in the 80s. And they play like a, a group of students who share a house at university. You know, and they're all, you know, horribly poor because they're all on student loans and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's just absolutely hilarious. Very experimental at the time. Lots of weird stuff happening. It doesn't make much sense, but it's absolutely hilarious. And weirdly enough, that one, uh, Rick, his character in it, who's a bit of a sort of, uh, uh, you know, he's uh, super left hip, you know, he's out for, down with the government, all this kind of stuff. Um, he's uh, His favorite TV show is called Bastard Squad. Which is okay. where that that word came from okay. for the for the comic, but yeah, these they, there's there's a very sort of dry wit to a lot of these UK comedy shows, and those are the ones that have stuck with me the most. So um, I think there's a lot of that in all of the books I do. There's, there always seems to be a sort of snarky character who's um, you know sarcastically, I guess that you know the sort of Chandler sort of archetype, okay, a very yeah. sarcastic character. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact, lots of stuff like that. Um, difficult to grab a sort of American um, equivalent, but there's probably some in there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right on. Well, you're obviously a fan of comedy, that's for sure. And <laughs> it it translates. It definitely translates. Um, so where, where do you plan on going with Star Bastard? Is there a second volume in the works? I know there's, there's a crossover coming. So, yeah, so we've got um, Brian, who, you know, um, was looking for something to do with his uh, his Kara Prime universe. He's got his star um, loggerhead mm-hmm. as part of that thing. And he put out a one shot from uh, from Scout. And uh, Brian's actually done he'd done a bunch of Star Bastard covers, which were kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he does it quite a lot. So bankable covers. And then if a store wants an exclusive, you know, you've got one there. So I knew him from that. And uh, he just said, you want to? work on something so i thought yeah i can do that and you know wrote wrote a script which was you know greaves and and loggerhead um it's a bit very very thor ragnarok you know it's a bit of a battle to death in the in a, in a big uh, murder dome but um yeah it's, <laughs> it's a very similar vibe it's it's kind of i had to sort of really check with them are you okay with me doing this with your character because it's it's very uh it's very firmly in the star bastard sort of vein okay uh, and loggerhead is the straight man in the book but uh yeah it's wow. a lot of fun and we've had, we've put out something which I, I think we're really proud of so that'll be good when it hits stands uh and when, when's that coming this is coming out through scout right yeah that, that's a scout book as well um so weirdly enough brian sort of said you know to them would you mind if we did a, a crossover and they had uh, i think at least one already in the works uh, a stabity bunny gut ghost yeah crossover so um they were just like yeah okay put it out um so i think it hopefully it's the first of many um i i wouldn't you know if anyone from scout who sort of wanted to do something i'd happily donate that character you know he can be the sort of uh, comedy deadpool character from (laughs) from the scout universe if anyone wants him how cool would that be man because i mean i have all the faith in the world in scout i still stand by the fact that i say that scout is the best publisher out there i think they their, their quality control is incredible mm-hmm. and uh just their their ability to innovate and adapt and uh just next level everything they do i think yeah. is just 
Uh, it's undeniable. Well, it's interesting you said that because the, 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 the strength, I mean, I've, I've had a good experience with them. You know, I, I've done one book so far, um, but my experience has been good uh, as a first time creator. But the, the impressive thing to me is how quickly they've risen obviously mm -hmm. off the back of the quality work that i've put out through them well you know, totally but they've managed <laughs> to just come on leaps and bounds you know they've had a couple of restructures and things and they've got charlie stickney on board now and oh I think yeah he's just uh gonna steamroll them into the future um, i love that dude he, he knows yeah. what the hell he's doing man and he's I, super I, happy to help people as well like i've just i was just like you know you know you don't know me but you know blah, blah, blah. and he, he was very happy to offer advice whenever he can so yeah no uh, he's he, he's brilliant i'm 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 just so pumped for Scout, man. So with them being this this up and coming, absolute powerhouse, I think Star Bastard grieves as the the air quote Deadpool character in this universe. I think it, it, I I can't find anybody more fitting. I, yeah. I I would love to see that for you, man. I I, yeah. I this character has so much potential. Uh, he I I want to see this thing this 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 guy live on forever. Well, we've got we've got more. You know, Jethro's up for it. Je I I hope. I can get more out. He's just been signed to do a book at Marvel. So oh, I kind of sure. hope, you know, that's always the big fear as a writer is you, you get this artist that you're doing great stuff with and then they, they sort of, uh, you know, shoot for the moon and you never get them again. But he's keen to do more. It's just about um, finding the resources and the time to yeah. work on more. So I think, uh, you know, the, the plan we've spoken about is doing kind of um, – like a crowdfunded sort of oversized or something like that that then can be released later if scout want to put it out but okay um you know that we we've I've, we've kind of got two directions which is a volume two volume one opens you know leaves it open for a volume two but um we've also got a kind of origins kind of pre prologue type mini story um because you're just thrown in i tend to do that a lot is just throw you in at the deep end without any explanation so you know, people have expressed interest in finding out why these poor crew members have decided to be stuck with this horrible bastard in a in a spaceship, and why would they, why would they spend their lives following this guy around the galaxy? So, those are two options, and I think the most likely thing to avoid having to wait too long is to just put it out for crowdfunding, because that just helps you get the book funded, get it out, make sure everyone's paid. So, right on, and then you know, Scout's happy to put their name on it later on. That's, that's well in theory i don't know what you know it depends what the content is oh i'm depends, nah. as long as they're happy with the the story yeah well i mean no you're right and they they do definitely you know uh filter through the content but i i this is space bastard man this is yeah as long as i don't do anything too offensive i'm sure they would uh they would put it out it did it did well in stores so. right on right on well uh let, let's uh Let's talk about the next big thing coming up, man. Oh, you got a Kickstarter here. I know you're limited on time. It's getting dark no, no, no. Out don't there. worry. I got plenty of time. Um, right on. I've got. I've just got the. You know, I've got the. Uh, I've got a toddler, so I've got to get up in the morning and uh, be in charge of him. But I for understand. Now, right on. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the Kickstarter that has funded. As we talk, as we record this, there's still you know a, a little less than two days left to go. But as it this book or this uh, episode comes out, um, yeah, it, it, it's funded at this point in time. It's almost at three hundred percent funded. So yeah. badass, which has blown my mind really because you know that we we did Starburst one and two, 
um, in 2016, 2017. And the highest I got uh, for issue two was the highest one I got. I think I got 100 backers and about 1,500 pounds, which I think is about $1,800 or something like that. Okay. And this one, we're at, um, we're just shy of $10,000 and uh, we got 490 backers. So it's a bit, it's a bit bizarre, but I'm, you know, I'm very appreciative for it. So I, I, I bet. Well, I mean, just looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the Kickstarter here and it's damsel from distress. So, yeah. I mean, do you want to explain the title a little bit? Cause the title seems to be an acronym. Yeah. So uh, don't ask me what it stands for. Cause I've tried to make something that works and I couldn't. So I just, <laughs> instead of that, I got, you know, I could get to like the E or the first S and then I would run out of things, you know, magical, you know, Lord of the Rings star words that I could throw in there. So, so what we've done is kind of throw it in as an in-joke. So every time someone is going to explain it, you know, or if it's on a wall, someone will obscure part of it. Or, you know, oh. they'll, they'll just sort of off the cuff say, oh, you're not cleared for that kind of thing or something like that. So hopefully that, you know, I can keep that up and never have to actually figure out what distress means. <laughs> but um, it's, I love it. it's kind of just a play on, you know, like Man From U.N.C.L.E. Okay. So it's this you know, uh, instead of damsel in distress, especially uh, the thing I think it's important to explain is, you know, we did Starbust and it was a lot of fun and it's tongue in cheek, but it was very heavy machismo. You know, it, it leans one way. Um, and, you know, I put that out and my wife, I'm sure a lot, everyone has this, you know, with this, their, their other halves. Um, she was like, when are you going to put me in a comic? You know, mm -hmm. why am I not in one of these? And I was like, well, you definitely don't want to be in this one. <laughs> so I had, I was trying to think of a book, you know, with a real sort of strong female lead and um, this, I don't know where it, where it came from. I was just driving and I just thought, well, a damsel from distress, you know, it could be like a secret agent, you know, um, and we could sort of subvert all those tropes. Um, so, yeah. So to explain the book, um, it's, it's basically a, a, a sort of Charlie's Angels, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, Come mashup. On. What? So that's that's are you kidding? Yeah. It's really good and it's really fun. And uh, those things are quite hot at the minute. Sort of female led books and Dungeons and Dragons are both things that uh, people are snapping up. So I think I might have stumbled onto a winner. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking so, man. And not just that, that this this artist that you have brought on. Uh, Mariso is again, I don't know where I, what I did in a previous life to deserve finding uh, Mauricio, but He's uh, absolutely phenomenal. And he, again, I, I found work he'd done and I didn't think, you know, I knew he'd do good work, but when he turned in the pages, it was just, uh, it was better than I could have hoped for. I mean, I, th this is seriously stuff that uh, when I look at it, I feel like I'm watching a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, managed it's, to it's sort of throw in so this Disney animated. vibe. Yeah. It's, it's like a Disney vibe. And, and I, again, I spoke to a few artists and they were, you know, I was speaking to other creators I know, and I, I and um, they were like, oh, I don't know if this is what I expected. This isn't really what I imagined, you know. Um, but then, you know, I stumbled across his work just on Instagram, and it was just pinups. Like I hadn't seen any sequentials when I first started talking to wow. him. Wow. Um, and and I didn't. Again, I, I sort of pictured it a bit more in the Starbusted vein, but um, we went we went in this direction, and yeah, I'm I'm blown away by it. He's, he definitely knows better than I do. Uh, I, it's it's not very often where I you know I, I see an, an art style with something new that I just have to sit and study and figure out and because <laughs> you know it's everything is so inspired these days, which is fine. Mm. 
But when I see something original like this, and the, the colors, everything about this is, is but just he's done pops, everything. man. That's the thing as well. He's not, um, he's not been colored by another person. He's colored his own work. That's insane. Um, so again, I, I looked at the, the character designs we did were all black and white line work with single you know, block colors. Um, and then he went into line work on this and everything. And then the colors, when they came in again, I was just like, what is this? This is, this is absolutely genius. So I, I, I'm just absolutely blown away every time he hands anything in. Finding this guy had to have been like buying land on oil because <laughs> this is, I mean, you, you, you hit a gold mine here, dude. I mean, I'm, we I'm already know that you can write a comic. Take him. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had messages on the campaign. People go, Oh, I backed your comic. By the way, could I just get him to do something for my comic? And I'm just like, mm. by all means, talk to him. Like, but please don't steal him. Like, let yeah. me finish this, this book first, <laughs> which is always the, the fear. Well, uh, what, what's the what's the goal with this book? Are we talking another six issue story arc? Are we talking? I mean, what, what what's the what's the goal here? So we've we've uh, pitched it as a five issue uh, okay. mini, and. Um, the especially on Starbuster, we went in and the, the the mistake a lot of people make is thinking this is going to be 20 issues this is going to be 30 50 you know 100 issues of something mm -hmm. and the, the lesson i've learned is that you need to especially if you want to go to publishers you need to make a self-contained short you know something which is is manageable that they can put out without too much risk so we kind of aimed you know originally it was six and now we sort of settled on five issues for this um and the plan was to do singles, but I'm kind of hoping that we can do for the second campaign, just wrap it up and do the whole first volume. Because people oh, wow. tend to like um, binging their books now, right? Like they do all mm -hmm. their content. So, um, you know, I put out a poll on Twitter and just said, would you rather have this, this, you know, would you rather back six single issues or five single issues? Or would you rather have a, a trade paperback or would you rather have an oversized hardcover? And the trade paperback option was just... Uh, you know, leaps and bounds above everything else. So wow. fingers crossed we can do that, but obviously it makes it a higher goal. But considering how well this one's done, it makes me feel a lot more confident. Yeah, uh, well, I think you've got all of the reasons to be confident here. This is beautiful looking. The The story in itself sounds <laughs> pretty rad. Uh, so y y your wife is a character in the book. Well, she's, she's not, but her, the character's name, Beck, that's her name. So okay. that was that's why she's got that name. That's that's her sort of uh, nickname. So, gotcha. Uh, so, she can you know happily say, "Here you go. This is this great kick-ass uh, you know woman in this comic. She doesn't gotcha. take shit from anyone, and you know better than she being a sort of to... throwaway love interest in Starbuster." Anyway. Right, right, right. Well, she she hasn't tried to take control of the character at all. And go, no, no, no. She wouldn't say that. No, no, She's not interested that. in comics in the slightest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's just all right. Gotcha, gotcha. Just <laughs> wants to point at it. Right on, right on. Well, I mean, I I I know the first uh, the first time I was put in a comic, I was uh, I was pretty stoked. So any 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 time, it's it, it's a pretty incredible feeling. You feel yeah, immortalized. I mean, it's, it's surprising. I I put those in this one. You know, I I put them in the previous two, and we we had one per. People, you get a weird thing on Kickstarter where people will back the biggest tiers, and then they just won't. They'll either cancel on the last day, or their their card won't charge, or something like that. Yeah. So I've always done it before, but none of them ever came to fruition. No one ever got put in the books, but this one they just disappeared. Like people were just hmm. like, "Yep, I would like to be in that." 
So now yeah. we've got to find, you know, appropriate places to include them. That's so awesome, man. Oh, you're, you're, you're killing it here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. I mean, I hate to ask what's next after the thing that hasn't done yet, or, you know, I didn't really come to fruition yet. <laughs> I've got a bunch yet, of stuff it, going on. I okay, mean, got, yeah, no, tell me. I've got, well, I don't know what, um, what I can uh, actually say, but, like, we've, we've signed, I've got other books signed to Scout and publishers, you know, other people. Um, that will be announced as we go on, I think. Awesome. Uh, so we're working on, you know, those in the background. Um, other than that, I've got a book I put out last year. Weirdly enough, the book I was working on first that I gave up and did Starbuster because it was too difficult. I did a superhero <laughs> book, <clears throat> which you should never do as a first-time writer because no one would touch <laughs> it. But I did a superhero book called Bet Noir, which is a um, – I don't know if I sent you that one, actually, but it's a – it's kind of a, a gritty sort of, you know, everyone, all the heroes are dead and a lone vigilante comes back to settle the score type thing. Okay. Capes. Um, and we did the first one of those uh, last August, I think it was, on Kickstarter um, with the intention of doing uh, the second and third issue August this year. But then we sort of, with everything that was going on, um, we, I mean, we've done a lot of the work on it, but it was very difficult to slot in. We had, I had damsel, uh, you know, scheduled and it became difficult to get it in before that one was done. Cause with Kickstarter, you have to fulfill your rewards until you're supposed to launch another campaign. Um, and there's <laughs> always, you know, a few months from, from getting paid to shipping your books to someone. So, right. so we're doing issues two and three of that, uh, hopefully in February, cause you should never do a book in December. Or January because people mm -mm. are spending their money for Christmas or they're blo broke from Christmas. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll put that up in February. That'll be issues two and three. And then uh, again, we'll do four and five a few months after that. And then that should be volume one of that done. Um, and that'd be very good. Uh, and yeah, there's the, other than that, there's a bunch of stuff, but I just, uh, none of it is announceable. Oh, I understand. Stuff in the script stage, the planning stage, the pitch stage. Well, um, just knowing that you're, 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 <laughs> You're in comics now, man. You say you're a filmmaker, but guess what? You're in comics, dude. You're I'd on this podcast. You're in comics. Is yeah. that is that true? Is that you would rather just make comics if it I was? I would quit in a heartbeat. I, I, there's not, you know. I think the only way you're really going to make money in comics is if you sell stuff, sell the rights, and all that kind of stuff. Right. But um, you know, I'd love to to just sort of move somewhere quiet and with you know low operating costs and just write. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, cool. especially commercial and corporate film is just uh, there's a lot of egos, and it's it's uh, it's more stressful than you would imagine. So, I'd I'd rather just sit by myself in a you know in a house somewhere in the countryside, and just knock out some some stupid funny books every now and then. That's that's happen. awesome. That that that's um, a relief for me to hear it because you know a, a lot of people get into comics to get into film. You're getting into comics to get out of film. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I never thought about it. That, that's uh, that's very. Uh, I mean, I tip my cap to you. Let's put it that way. If someone I mean, gave me money to make a film out of it, don't get me wrong, I'd bite their hand off. Well, yeah, because um, you're not as stupid. <laughs> I mean, you're obviously not stupid, but at the same time, I mean, knowing that you would, it would, it would it's coming from you know to to make all of that money and have all of that fame would come from essentially. A funny book is yeah i mean that's the thing i think there's people who've always wanted to do comics the, the, you know there's a 
I'm sure it's the same. There was a wave, you know, from when comics started, kids were reading them and then they grew up with them. And then you had this second wave of writers and artists who, who wanted to do things that they were fans of. And, you know, every time that happens, there's a sort of paradigm shift of, you know, the people coming in trying to change stuff. And um, I think there's a lot of people now, like you say, who have been sitting on screenplays that they can't get made and they now see, you know, it's it's the Mark Miller effect, isn't it? We just mm-hmm. have a have a, a pitch that I want to sell to someone, so I'll knock out volume one of a book that never gets a volume two, and I'll sell it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's very popular now for people to just go, oh, you know, this is definitely a comic. It definitely isn't just a you know a short film I dusted off from the cabinet. Um, right. And that's fair enough. You know, you've got to get your work seen by someone, but. Um, I think you can always tell when someone is doing, when someone is a fan of the particular medium, they use it in a different way. It doesn't just read like a, a, a screenplay with pictures. Exactly. And, uh, and that's, uh, this feels like a comic book, man. From, uh, Star Bastard feels like a com- comic book. It's... Yeah, I don't think it could be anything else. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it could easily be adapted, but at the same time, I mean, uh, to say it, can't, it we've turned when, down what, offers. Like we, is that we've, good for I think you. We we had a bunch come in. I mean, Scout's very well connected with with that kind of stuff, and even more so now. But oh yes, you know, we we've had a bunch of stuff, and you know, of different levels of success, but none of it really um, really fit. I always I always said I wanted to get it in front of Danny McBride. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be perfect because the pitch document I sent to Scout said this is eastbound and down in space. <laughs> and, you know, uh, oh, dude, I can't unsee it now. I, I mean, it's oh, yeah, uh, it's I just could, Kenny could, Powers in a spaceship, basically. Uh, that's kind of what it. That's kind of what it is, man. And I dig it. An invulnerable. Oh, Kenny man, Powers, I love it. Yeah. Oh shit, um, that's dangerous. So that would be great. You know, I'd love to get it. You know, have it on Adult Swim or something. And. Th- th- there's a bunch more scout books now that sort of are in the same vein, uh, you know, like Murder Hobo and uh, Metal yeah. Shark Bro. There, there could oh, be yeah. this whole sort of bro-verse of uh, these sort of edgier uh, cartoons maybe going forward. Uh, it's it's just a matter of time, man. A scout will be, I mean, you will. we will be talking about the scout as a universe. Yeah, scout yeah. as a universe. I, I really do believe it because the content coming success. out of there... Yeah, you know, there's people with deals already and, uh, you know, stuff getting made, so... Oh, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Hench Girl. Shit. I mean, mean, that was their first book. Yeah, shit. You know, I think that's further along than anything else, so... Yeah. Quite right. Uh, awesome, man. It's uh, Like I said, uh, we'll be seeing Star Bastard toys. We'll be seeing... uh, We've got them. We did them. No shit. Yeah, for the... um, So I did... um, we we needed uh, covers when this okay. when it came out, and uh, at the time I think Scout was slightly smaller as well. But we we had a, a regular cover and then a variant, you know, like a one in ten that would go to stores and stuff. Okay. And then they needed one for the store, like they have an online store that they want variants mm-hmm. for and stuff. And I had done an action figure just for a bit of a laugh. Um, I'd got made because one of the characters in there is obviously you know, action figure sized. <laughs> so I thought this would be a cool way to just have like a life size action figure. So I got one of these things custom made. Um, 
and and then when the cover thing rolled around, I was like, well, you know, I could just knock up a, a, a action figure variant. So I just got oh, on Photoshop no and I shit. I did that. Yeah, I'll send you I'll send you the the pictures. They're all in the store there. But um, that one did really well. So I got the same guy to do another two. So I had uh, Max and then Greaves and then Molly. Uh, the other one, I think it was Molly second and then Greaves. And then for the last one, I just I didn't have the time to do it because my scheduling was terrible. So I did Zax, who's the sort of the cloud uh, race. They're sort of sentient fart clouds. Okay. This is how highbrow this book is. <laughs> anyone that's not read it. So they, uh, you know, they're at issue two, and then he, he becomes a member of the crew. So I, instead of that, I just got a, a a gas picture off the internet, and it was, uh, you know, a, a, a one twelfth scale action cloud. Uh. We put those out, and they, you know, they did they did well. Everyone seems to like those. So. I've done that. Um, I haven't done it for Damsel, but I did it for Bette Noire. We got another one made. And yeah, someone, again, I put that figure up on Kickstarter and someone bit my hand off. So I, I don't know who these people are that are buying these expensive custom figures of weird comics on Kickstarter. They're, they're, they're people with around. incredible taste and they know, they know, they just know, yeah. just like I know. That this <laughs> is, is, oh man, I, you have me pumped. You you really do. I'm I'm so excited. I I backed uh, Damsel from Distress about an much. hour ago. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, they, I'm they'll be so shipping excited. from the states as well. One of the good things we had about that was um, they're being printed by the same company that prints Scouts books. Oh, sh- so sh- look at you. One of the one of the tricky things with UK Kickstarters or I think any any international mm-hmm. uh, campaign is that getting it to overseas backers is very expensive. So UK campaigns tend to not get a huge amount of American backers by comparison to domestic right. ones and vice versa. Cause good God, your, your postage system is so expensive. It is anything, anything going outside of a domestic ship is just mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's ridiculous. It was cheaper for me to ship a book from the UK to Canada than from the States to Canada by no kidding. a factor of like four. Wow. So yeah, I, I don't know, and I hope it, you know. I know you've got all sorts of uh, weird things going on with your postal system at the minute because of the election. <laughs> but, um, but I managed to keep it down by fulfilling direct from the printer. So you know, the books won't go through international um, hell, uh, where they get you know dinged up and everything. Mm. And they'll be sent perfect condition. They'll land. American backers are going to get them before UK backers or anyone else wow. um, at you know a very reasonable rate. So we've had. Uh, I can't. I haven't got the number in front of me, but I think at one point we were like almost three to one American to to British backers for a British comic. Nice. Um, which is very odd, and I hope that is something that other people can replicate because there's a there's a ton of amazing um, UK and European books that you know don't get in front of uh, of American audiences like they should do. Um, it's a very interesting scene. Well, I mean, that's that's why I'm here. I'm trying to, to to diversify. Let's put it that way. I mean, I I talk to people from all over the world. So I mean, I I don't discriminate. I don't give a shit where it comes from. If it's good, I'm gonna get you on the show. And that's the thing. And and Scout are. has actually picked up some of those. Like uh, uh, some friends of mine that I tabled with last year actually um, put out a big uh, book called Frank at Home at the Frank at Home on the Farm, which okay. is like a sort of horror. Uh, book uh, and scout picked it up really randomly huh. so that's out uh i think that's out this month november all right so there's a bit of a connection there's another two english guys um, right on. and hopefully hopefully scout do that like a sort of marvel uk like they uh 
you know, dip into that pool of people, that pond, so to speak, to use the Why not? But because um, there's a bunch, there's a ton of great, great stuff from all over the world. Well, if there's anyone out there that was gonna, you know, step it up, it's it's Scout. That's yeah. for sure. With their I mean, Kickstarter I'd... thing, they love to pick out the successful yes. campaigns. Yes, they do, and that's you know that's why their their quality is so great too, because they they're only going for stuff that's already successful. And some yeah. may look at that and go, "Well, they're not taking any chances." Bullshit. There's still plenty of chances to yeah. take in this. I mean, it's... hundreds of book every books come out every month, and yeah. the, the weird thing is, it's odd that no one else really dips into Kickstarter campaigns that much because it's a very different market. Mm. Um, it's not like you're cannibalizing yourself in terms of right. sales. We, like I say, we did a, a thousand, a, a hundred backers on Starbusted issue one on Kickstarter, and we did something like four, four and a half thousand through Diamond. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big chunk of people that if that book only lives on Kickstarter, is never going to be you're right. never going to see. And for yep. you know, we love to make a bit of money if possible, but the key is getting it in people's hands and and getting to continue doing it. So you know power to scout for getting those those books out there to the american market and and worldwide right on man no i i'm i'm with you um i know it it is now getting late you 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 have a little one um i i have questions i'm gonna say for the next time i'm gonna be as so bold as to say that because i do i've got another 10 minutes if you've got anything you want to do now but otherwise it's easy. I, I don't think I could wrap this up in 10 minutes. <laughs> You're too interesting of a guy for me to want to rush out of here. So we'll, uh, I'm, I'm up for a sequel anytime you want, man. You got another Kickstarter. Any, any, you, as far as I'm concerned, you are a friend of the show now, Andrew. This as soon as the next one up. launches, I'll be there to, to sort of shill my wares. Right on. Well, I'll I'm, I'll be here to champion your cause a little bit sooner, not after Fantastic. the damn Kickstarter funded. Um, that's my fault. We were supposed to do this last week, so it's not your fault at all. Absolutely. Ah, well, it, it is what it is. Um, so uh, where do they? Where do the uh, listeners find you? Do you have social media outlets? Yeah, I'm. Um, it depends what sort of vibe you're after. I, I'm on Twitter. I'm most active on Twitter, but that is okay. a very uh, Twitter is a hellscape anyway. Um, mm. And it, I'm. I'm very guilty of becoming very political very quickly. So um, I would say go to my website, which is clemsoncomics.com. Okay. And uh, that's got a bunch of stuff on there. It's got a link to go and buy Star Bastard from Scout. It's got a bit of um, information about other books that I do. Uh, there's a book called Child of the Machine that I'm working on. That's an OGN, so that'll be a long-term thing. They take ages to do. Uh, Bet Noir's on there, um, and I'll probably throw Damsel up there You know, once the campaign's finished. So it, awesome. it exists on there. So that's probably the best thing. There'll be some social links um, to sort of uh, choose what kind of social media hellscape you prefer that particular day. Right on. Well, I'll add them all in the description of the show for sure. Wicked. Thank you very much. Uh, um, man, is there uh, is there anything else before we go? Any? No. I. Uh, you know. I. All the best to America over the next uh, month, I suppose. However long this thing takes. You know. Yeah. Hope everything works out. That's it. That's all. Love to everyone. Right on. Right on. Well, well said, my friend. Uh, Andrew Clemson, it's been my pleasure and my honor to have you on. I will, uh, I'll let you go get some sleep, and I'm going to go start the day. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. All right, brother. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Another creator has been cornered in another episode in the books. The man was Andrew Clemson, the project is Star Bastard, amongst many others. 
Send the guy who's just a joy to talk to. Um, I, I, I urge you, if you haven't already, to go check him out. Uh, he is, a once again, one of them scout golden boys. These <laughs> scouts just putting out the good stuff, man. So there you go. There you go. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as always, I must remind you to leave those five-star reviews on iTunes and any other platform you listen on. listen to your podcasts on. Uh, for Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Show me how much you really love me, baby. And then, uh, yeah, yeah no, I'm just going to leave it at that. I always check out Hooked on Comics. Um, if, if, I, I, if you haven't already, then you're, 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 you're missing out. You're slacking. So there you go. As always, please stay safe out there. Read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Ah, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.